The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the Western world, we have the highest divorce rates of any country. 60% of men and 50% of women are sleeping with someone other than their spouse. What does this mean? Welcome to Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. You'll learn to look at marriage a whole different way, or even not at all. Now, here is Lori J. Okay. Hi there. I just wanted to quickly say, you probably know me by now. I've been doing things in the psychic realm for many, many different, for many, many years. And the most important thing, though, about today's show is my guest. And my guest is Sarah Nelson, who's an attorney at law. And we met when I was at a book signing and she fell in love with my book. And we're going to talk contracts because Sarah has some... Um, little things that she might be able to tell our audience about what to do with contracts and how to work with them when you're going to talk to your partner about bringing contracts into your life. How do you do this? And the best thing to do is to be as honest with each other as possible. So what we're going to do is, you know, talk to Sarah a little bit about making it more comfortable for you and your partner to talk contracts. So here's Sarah Nilsson. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. Thank you, Laurie J., for having me on your show. It's uh, such a pleasure. And uh, like Laurie J. was saying, uh, we met at a book signing, and I was uh, looking at the book that I bought and that she autographed for me. It actually means that we've known each other for a little over a year because this was... Uh, 2013 and uh, I was still a law student at the time and as I walked past the table I couldn't help but notice the gavel on the front cover of her book and of course you know you're in law school and you see a gavel your eyes immediately are drawn in for better or worse and I approached her and um, I was curious is this a lawyer writing this book is it who is this and so I befriended her and we've been very good friends ever since and um, she invited me to her show. I'm very excited to be here and talk contracts with you. So, Sarah, when people are first getting together, that seems to be the main thing. When they're first in love, okay, and then they decide maybe they want to live together and they each have jobs and they each have some finances, maybe some finances in each, each savings account, that kind of thing. I suggest, as you know, in the book that we that they sit down and really go through these things about, um, you know, really be honest with each other about what they have and what they might be able to um, share in this kind of a situation. What are your feelings on that? Well, thank you for asking. Well, first of all, let me just preface this by saying that what I'm about to say is just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to give legal advice here. Uh, for that, you would have to retain your own attorney. Um, but this is my personal opinion, and I have read the book a couple times. I do like what you mentioned about the communication. Um, I've seen countless, I'm sure you all have too, countless relationships start off fine, people move in together, and then it turns south, and people have disagreements about, well, she owes me that, he owes me this, I paid the rent, I paid the utilities, and so on and so forth. And I believe that if you lay this out ahead of time in a contract, you can avoid some of that um, you know, disdain at the end, which is compounded by the fact that there are financial issues on top of relationship issues, and it just is never pleasant. So I read the book, and I was very happy to hear that you recommend sitting down, communicating. That's the number one thing. Um, all too many people jump in head first, and it's love and this and that. But truthfully, without communicating and ironing out these details, Later on, they'll only become much greater in magnitude, and it's easier if you start off discussing them 
um, who's going to pay this? Who's going to pay that bill? How are we going to split the rent? How are we going to split the utilities? It's very, very easy to lay it out in an agreement. And an agreement that's signed by both adults, consenting adults, that's legally binding, which essentially makes one party held to the obligations and at the same time has the rights of a contract. So in case of a breach, there's a legal remedy. And we don't have to resort to um, more heartache than we need to because there's just black and white print to take care of the details. And thank you for that. A lot of times what happens is that we, when we're going into relationships, as you know, Sarah, you know, many of us who have been in any kind of relationship know that at the beginning you think, well, oh, okay, it's okay if I pay the rent and she does the utilities or vice versa, however that's working. And what happens is like you stated, you know, too many times, then if you decide to break up, then you've got all of this um, really usually, not not all the time, but usually the usual thing is people are upset, mad at each other, and start to pick on each other. And we're trying to help people not have to go through that because it's a horrible thing to when, you, when you're breaking up to have these um, situations where all of a sudden you're looking at who's going to pay what and that kind of thing. Now, that also goes for um, a lot in the contracts you may want to put down how you will work with things. Like if you don't come to an agreement, you can go into mediation. Could you just talk to us a little bit about mediation, Sarah? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's something I also do. I uh, started mediating in law school, in fact, in the small claims courts and um, the justice courts here in Arizona. Um, Most contracts do um, have a little paragraph in there, clause that says, in the event that we disagree, which, you know, most times happens when two parties are bitterly at odds with each other, um, the, the, the two people will decide to go through either mediation or arbitration. And I'm going to take a brief second here just to um, elaborate a little bit because there seems to be some confusion out there in the non-legal section of the, of the audience about the differences between mediation and arbitration. So, in a mediation, you have two parties that are at odds, and then you have a mediator, a third party, neutral party in the middle, such as myself, and what the mediator does is allows both sides, both parties, to have a forum in which they can voice their opinion in a civilized manner, and each party gets to say their side of the story, and then the mediator's job is to help each party come to see the other side's point of view. It's basically nothing more than that middle person who can maybe al- allow the two parties to be heard and, and, and felt. And usually at the end of it, the mediator um, will draw up the agreement that the two parties have agreed to through the mutual discussion and airing of their views. And then that agreement is again another contract, which is again a legally binding document, which then they have to agree to and sign, and they are held to that, whatever they decided to do. Now, in an arbitration, on the other hand, you have somebody who's like a judge who decides after hearing both sides um, and makes the decision for you. You don't necessarily, as a party, get to make that decision like you would in a mediation where you would discuss amongst yourselves with the help of the third-party neutral mediator. So it's a little bit different, but usually a contract will have a mediation or an arbitration clause so that in case of a dispute, that's how you'd handle it. Of course, if that doesn't work, you always have the remedy of going to court and suing over the breach of contract. That's your last uh, resort on that. You know, that's really an interesting thing because and I really, really want to make sure that everybody is understanding what Sarah is saying because If you do this, number one, what it does is it helps you understand what's going on, the seriousness of coming together and living together. Because a lot of times we don't realize what we have to, um, or what we have to do to work out the responsibilities, the consequences of the contract. 
And so the thing is, if you do it when you're in love, it's going to be so much nicer, so much sweeter than it would be if you ended up trying to do this on your own. And a lot of times we have to remember that the more we can come across with the honesty in the beginning, then we don't have to worry about all of this at the end of something. Now, it's not because we want to project that your relationship's going to end, but we have to be realistic in the fact that it can. And so I know it's not romantic. I understand that. But at the same time, you need to be thinking of yourself along with your partner. And that's what makes it very, very um, important to everybody to stop and think about doing contracts. Um, I happen to think that with contracts, it is the way to go. So this way we can um, certainly look and feel the seriousness of our partner. And a lot of times I know there's a lot of um, feelings that it's because it's not a romantic thing to talk about, that, they, that you tend not to, or if you bring it up, your partner's going to run away. And with that, all I can say is we've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop feeling like that and allow ourselves to be open to these kinds of things. Mediators um, are there to help us through these things at the end. So um, I would just be very, very uh, happy to, if you would listen to a lot of what uh, Sarah is saying today, because it is of so much importance. Did you want to say something, Sarah, real quick? I just want to add one little thing. I know it may not be very romantic to go ahead and start talking contracts right off the bat with a fresh relationship, but just look at the other side. Look at the peace of mind you gain if you've been able to have a, a forum in which to talk about things. Wouldn't that just put your mind at ease in the relationship if you knew what was going to be agreed on and was agreed on and then you wouldn't have to worry about the what ifs later on down the road if, should, if things should not work out? That's really important and it's something that we definitely have to um, keep in mind while these things are going on. Um, I feel that there's um, a lot of things that we need to be looking at um, because when we're talking contracts, people feel, again, like, why are you wanting to hold me to any kinds of agreements? Well, because we're talking about a partnership. That's why. And we would do that if we had a business relationship going. So why wouldn't we do that in this kind of a situation? So uh, when we can, we are going to talk a little bit more about that. But right now, I believe it's time to have a few sips of tea and honey. And afterward, we will talk more with Sarah about our contracts back in a breath and a sip. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit LoriJ.com to find out more about Lori J and her services as a psychic intuitive reader and past lives channel. Be sure to pick up Lori J's book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, available on Amazon.com. With cheating and the divorce rate so high, why not look at commitment and marriage from a different point of view? You'll view relationships in a whole new light, one that you've probably never thought of before. Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract. Find out more at LoriJ.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. 
Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Contract for Love. To reach Lori J. or her guest, please call toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Lori J. at LoriJ.com. Now, back to Contract for Love. Good afternoon. Lori J. here. And I'm here with Sarah Nielsen, who's an attorney at law. And we've been talking, naturally, contracts, for contracts for love. And one of the things uh, we've been talking about, we first started talking about, was being honest in the beginning and talking with each other about what's going on in your lives and how you can come together as a couple and sit down and write a contract, an honest contract for where you are. And when you're doing that, it will be a lot better for you. Now, we're also going to talk about, because a lot of people say to me, well, you have this contract for love, but what are we going to do about the kids? And because there's so much that comes into the contract later on, as far as you children, money, pets. A lot of times people fight really hard about their pets. That is something that you need to consider. If you're bringing a dog or a cat in this situation, you're certainly going to have to have this in your contract. So, Sarah, would you like to talk to us a little bit about how they would do that? Most certainly, Laurie J. And uh, I just want to remind everybody again, I'm here giving my personal opinion. This isn't supposed to substitute for legal advice, as I am not your attorney. Um, So, talking about contracts, again, not just um, living situations as we spoke about in the first half of our show, the first third of our show, but now we're talking about money, we're talking about kids, we're talking about taking care of the kids, we're talking about pets and taking care of the pets. And these are all things that can go into a contract. Um, most people are familiar with child, um, you know, custody agreements where parents decide on, um, parenting time and who's taking the kids when and where and how, and these things can also go into contracts. Um, who's going to provide certain things for the children? Who's going to take them here and take them there? How are they going to arrange, um, different types of you know, things the kids, hobbies the kids are going to be part of and who's going to take them there and bring them back and other stuff too. Holidays, places to go, vacations, all those things can be written into contracts. And again, with pets, um, you know, it pets more and more, they're part of our family and they get the same rights in my eyes in a contract as kids would. So, but that's just my bias, having had two dogs and, and love them to death. So um, pets, who's going to take care of pets in the event of, um, you know, the two parties not um, not uh, remaining in the relationship? And who's going to take care of the pets should, God forbid, the pets get ill? Um, these, again, money issues come up again. And these things can all be written into a contract. They can be discussed in the relationship, they can be communicated. Like I said at the beginning, communication being key, all of this can be talked about at the beginning and put down in writing so that um, when the communications break down, then the contract won't. There'll be still rights, obligations, remedies, and things like that. Because a lot of times, especially with with children, and uh, you hear quite a bit about when it's time for the for a breakup or whatever, or when you're when you when you're no let me back up. A lot of times when you're first starting your 
relationship, you're talking about, well, we'll raise our kids maybe under my religion or we'll raise the kids under your religion or these kinds of things. And everybody's in an agreement. And then all of a sudden the children come and all of a sudden there's this total collapse of who <laughs> of that whole idea of who how they're going to raise the children. So a lot of times if you have this done before and you're writing it down, you can say, but honey, look, here, I've got it here in writing, right here. It says we're going to raise the kids this way. Now what happens if you disagree, you can go into mediation and you can figure out how to have this work for you. Also with the pets, you know, you get the pets and you're loving them and all of a sudden it comes to, well, who's going to get them? And the next thing you know, you're, you're just vigorously fighting. And that is something that we really, really are trying to get out of. So this way, people at the, if, at the end of this relationship are covered and taken care of. So many times I hear that, oh, if, if he really loved me or if she really loved me, they wouldn't ask me these questions. Well, I'm sorry. You should be asking these questions because if you're planning to spend the rest of your life or what I'm hoping for is at least five years together, you have got to have this written down. And that is a really huge uh, uh, dynamic that we want to put in your relationship. It can be, it can actually be fun because you're sitting down and all of a sudden you're starting to think about things you never did before. Gee, where can we go on vacation? And you could start to think about how fun it would be to go here or there and how you might want to save your money. And so now you're going off into like a dreamland. It's sort of like a fun place to go. The contracts don't have to be dry. They don't have to be something that is so harsh feeling that, you know, it takes out all the fun out of your romance, this can make a turnaround for you. So here's Sarah. I'm going to let you talk to that a little bit. Most certainly, uh, Laurie J. I'd love to because you're right. Contracts can be fun. And I'm not just saying that because I was a law school nerd, but contracts are actually, um, people don't realize that you can pretty much write whatever you want as, as two people, two parties into a contract. And so long as it's not illegal, against public policy, or anything like that, or criminal, you can actually be pretty creative. And people have been in the past, been cre pretty creative. And I wish I could bring some of my books to show you, because there have been contracts written that are hilarious. People have contracted for the most funny stuff. And why not? Why not write into a contract that your other half is going to draw you a bubble bath once a week? Sure. Why not draft into your contract that your other half is going to wash your car once a month? Sure. You can be as creative as you like, and it doesn't even stop there. The mind is the limit. Whatever you think of, again, if it's not against public policy, illegal, immoral, or criminal, you can be as creative as you, wa as you want. I love this. I love this because... It's so true. I have a friend who told her uh, husband-to-be and uh, that if he wanted to go somewhere where it wasn't warm, it was over. It was done. <laughs> she wasn't even going to pack her bag because she would not live in that kind of climate. And, but at the same time, they, they also you know, know and, and had things written out for the, each other about what they wanted and what they didn't want. And a lot of people, do, you know, have to understand that you can do this, but have it in a contract. In other words, where it's actually, you can back up what you're saying. And that's true. And that comes also into the sexual aspect of uh, relationships where people, you know, if you are expecting something from your partner, you can put it in the contract. And the same thing, you know, either one of you, doesn't matter. You can put it in the contract. And then you can say, well, honey, it might have been, you know, three weeks. And you said every week. And if that person says, well, no, you can just point to that contract again and go, 
See, honey, it makes, it really takes the worrying out of, you know, getting things the way you would like them. And if not, at least you've got something to back up what you want to say. And, um, but it's something that is important and I, you know how we do talk a lot about sexuality on this show because sexuality is spirituality. But um, that's something that I would like you all to consider, especially when you're still in the throes of love and romance. And that's what you're thinking about because what I want you to do is while you're in lust, be happy and bring it into the contract. That's where it should be. And remember that uh, you need, need, need to be having fun. And I'd just like to say one small thing to add to that. Um, This not only can be fun, but just think of the communication and the dialogue you could create if you were doing it in the pretext of, well, we got to write a contract, so let's make, let's, you know, discuss everything and anything we could possibly write into it. And it actually could be a fun exercise, I truly believe. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a big law geek. <laughs> and, uh, and a great law geek. <laughs> we like, we, we love Sarah. And so when, when you're talking about these things, we have to remember that when I'm talking about five years, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying the first year, most likely, you're in love. And a lot of things, have, you're getting adjusted to one another. And now if you've written the contract, you know that, you, you know, you know what you have signed up for as far as who's going to do what and what's going to be done by each other. And so a lot of that should be just relieved from your mind. So that gives you that first year of bliss anyway. Usually after by the second year, things are starting to wear down a little bit. Things are getting a little bit ordinary. So now we're starting to look or think about children, you know, bring children into the, the uh, partnership. So now we're moving into year three, and now we have kids, and everybody's a little crazy and trying to figure out what and how to raise them. And But you do have this contract, and the contract is saying, okay, they're going either to, uh, you know, and one of, the, one of the things in the contract could be, will we send them to nursery school? Will we be sending them to some kind of preschool? What are we going to do? Who's going to pay for it? And also in the contract, you can look at, I mean, for the woman, a woman has to be very concerned because if she comes into the partnership and she's got a great job and the partner has a great job, also wonderful. But, okay, what's going to happen once she stops working to take care of the children? There's not going to be a loss of income. And or how does she get paid back for her loss of income if she can't or... or um, wants to stay home with the children um, then if she had contracted to go back to work after the children you will have to bring that into consideration so this way you know um, that you have a mediator or somebody else that can help you with this a mediator isn't somebody that comes in is trying to blow you apart a mediator comes in trying to save this trying to help you so a lot of times instead of having running off to, um, you know, a lot of different friends and getting trying to get friend advice. Sometimes it just takes the two of you to sit down and figure it out. Then comes the fourth and fifth year. During this time period, you have a process to think about. And we've talked a little bit about that before. The process is, okay, our contract is up in five years. And so... During this time period, we have got to do a re-evaluation of where we are at. What are we doing? Do we want to stay together? If not, we have it in our contract how we uh, dissolve this contract between each other. In that dissolution will come how to take care of the children, how do you take care of the um, the family in its whole, if you decide to stay together, then you just re 
sign a brand new contract in that you're able to readjust for the children and as the children grow or children are added to the the um, family, you can put amendments on your contract. So, yes, is it something else you need to think about? Absolutely. But what a great thing to think about because you know you're going through a process of the two of you looking at your partnership. How do we really truly feel about each other right now? And then you can move yourselves into a, a, some growth and then you can adjust yourselves according to what your needs are in that fifth year. It's not going to be the same as the first year. Could you comment on that a little bit, Sarah? Most certainly. Um, definitely after when you're reaching year four and definitely in year five, that's when, again, you have reason for communication and discussion. And looking back at what worked and what didn't in the contract, you can go ahead and amend. You can go ahead and delete. You can go ahead and do anything to adjust that contract to meet today's needs and what you foresee the next five years being. Are the kids going to be going to college in the next five years? Do you have to make different plans? Do you need a smaller house? Do you need to perhaps move? All these things, retirement, all these things can be re-discussed or even discussed for the first time. And then the contract can be amended and adjusted to adapt to your growth, your growth personally, your growth with the needs you have as a person, as well as your growth as a couple and where you see yourselves going in the next five years. And on that note, I think I like the five-year very much. And that's also a thing that caught my eye on the book cover because pretty much when you make a plan for yourself, a personal plan, whether it be a goal for your career or for your personal growth, typically five years is what you look at, a five-year plan. You've heard that in business all the time. Oh, we're going to make a five-year plan for growth of the business. We're going to make a five-year plan for how we're going to expand and our mergers and so on and so forth. Same for a relationship. It should have a mm, no longer than a five-year-at-a-time snapshot of where we're going. I like that, Sarah, because it really just brings people into the knowledge of how they are growing, how they are changing. Because if you're not changing, there's something wrong. <laughs> you're going to change. And as you change, you will need to work and talk about a lot of those things. And having a contract renewal coming up makes you sit down and do that talking. And the more you communicate, the more you're talking to one another, you're starting to see each other in a different light, in who you are at this moment in time, not who you were when you first made that contract five years previous. All these things have happened, and now you get to look at that. You get to see that and reevaluate. To me, that's exciting. It brings a whole new perspective to your relationship. And in looking at those things, it just helps you so much in knowing that you can have a lot more excitement in the next five years. It's not the end of anything, because that's also been another question people have said to me or have stated to me. Oh, well, I know people have been married for 60 years, and they're, they're happy. And I go, yeah, but if there wasn't marriage, remember, they would still be together for 60 years. They just would have re-upped every five years. But I bet if you asked them, they would say to you, Yes, we have changed. A lot of changes took place, and we had to deal with it because we had to learn how to talk to one another. Is that not correct? Absolutely. Laurie J., I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. And so when we're looking at these things, you have to look at it as a fun thing, as something that can be very exciting. At the same time, yes. It can be difficult because it is a contract, but we need this before we play house together. We really do need this. Well, I think it's getting close, so I think it's time to have a few sips of tea and honey. And afterward, we'll talk more with our guest, Sarah Nilsson. So, back in a breath and a sip. 
invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit LoriJ.com to find out more about Lori J and her services as a psychic intuitive reader and past lives channel. Be sure to pick up Lori J's book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, available on Amazon.com. With cheating and the divorce rate so high, why not look at commitment and marriage from a different point of view? You'll view relationships in a whole new light, one that you've probably never thought of before. Don't get married, get a five-year contract. Find out more at LoriJ.com. Are you someone who strives to accelerate your spiritual growth, living authentically? Everyone wishes they had a pipeline to higher wisdom to help them understand their life and manifest a new point of view. Join Holly and Paul Marwood, who will serve as your guides on Soul Genesis. They will share inspired guidance from the High Council of Orion, which can turn your questions into answers and your problems into solutions. Tune into Soul Genesis, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The 7th Wave Channel. On the Voice America Network. You are listening to Contract for Love. To reach Lori J or her guest, please call toll free 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Lori J at LoriJ.com. Now, back to Contract for Love. Good afternoon. Lori Che here with Sarah Nielsen, attorney at law. And we're talking about contracts. But something that um, I wanted to talk about, too, is the fact that, if you remember, on one of our last shows, we talked with Tony Nicasio, who was a gay man. And he did want marriage, but it came from his his feeling of what a lot of our gay friends have talked about, and that's the fact that they cannot take care of their partner in the way the laws are written today. You have to be, you have to have a marriage. You cannot just have a contract. So those of you who want to enter into a contract now, you have to remember that. And so those kinds of things have to be, you still can put them in your contract, um, you know, and whether or not they can still be recognized, we, there might be a question about that. So I don't want people to, you know, and, and like I said, this is all my, you know, I have my own personal opinions on this, and I feel that no matter what, if we all started to say something and really all came together about the fact that marriage can be considered outdated, Marriage can be considered not the correct process for the now when we've also talked about how marriage can be a fantasy and we have to get somewhat down to earth on this. So what I'm trying to project is if we're talking about getting together in a partnership, we work it like a business partnership you know, and you have to be honest with each other about everything. And then also, if we're doing this and more and more people are demanding that our partner have equal benefits with the, with the, you know, for the other, so this way they can take care of their children. Many gays can adopt children and they don't want to have any problem if someday they have to separate, that they have a, a problem with the law about the, that child. So these things can be extremely uh, important to a many large uh, parts of our population. And so what I'm, what I'm looking for is a, a revolution that says, why can't? We just be partners in love. Why do we have to have government approval, religious approval, all this approval, when all we have to do is sit down as two adults and write out a wonderful 
partnership contract. That covers so much more than when you get up and you say, I do for the rest of your life. Darn, that scares me. Um, I didn't, you know, I was foolish enough. I entered two marriages. I've talked about that. And I've also been counseling a lot or giving a lot of guidance out to people who have marriage situations and partnership situations. Most of it comes down to what can we have, what can we have or look at from each other, and how are we going to work with this. There's a lot of things that go on in the whole marriage situation. And so I know that this is a tough subject for a lot of people, and I'm hoping you're listening today because there is so much more that we need to do. There's illnesses that come in families. There's in partnerships. There's um, not only illnesses, but just the things that we uh, uh, need to look at daily. What if one person brought a lot of debt into the relationship and the other one didn't? Well, we have to look at that. We have to put it down in the contract. We have to say to each other, okay, this is what I have. This is what I don't have. And the other one has to say, well, I'm willing to put up with this. I'm willing to do this. You can say all these things. You know, it's, it's about honesty. Everybody has their own truth. But then there comes up with, what's honest? What are you being honest about? And so a lot of times it just has to be what you truly desire in your relationship. And I'm hoping that um, we actually learn from our, our gay citizens because look at that. so many live together for 40, sometimes, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And they stayed together and couldn't wait to get married. Why? Because it was so much societal, but mainly because now they can get the government programs and the you know they can be recognized as a citizen now come on we want people recognized just because of who they are and that they love each other and that they can come together and write this magnificent contract for and with each other because if you're in love when you're writing that contract you will be saying things that will be loving and kind to your partner. Not like in a divorce when it comes up and it can be you know, very harsh. But in these contracts, we can reach out to each other. And like we were talking about before, we can make it fun. We can talk about, well, when, you know, in this five years, we're going to do this. And maybe in the next five years, we can do that. And then you're starting to plan your future. You see what I'm saying? Instead of going, well, uh, we love each other and let's just hope it happens. Let's just hope it works. No, the idea behind contracts for love is so that this way you are working within your loving relationship to help each other through things. And that if you can place that in your contract, then the other one knows how they need to step up to the plate. If they don't, then there's consequences. And we need to have consequences in partnerships. So a lot of people that have come to me and have said, you know, Lori J., when you're talking about contracts and being able to get out of it in five years, that makes it too easy on everybody. And I say, not at all. It does not make it easy at all. What it does is it brings both people to the table, both people talking about what their needs are, and absolutely knowing so much more about each other than they did when they first got together and figured, isn't this fun? We want it to remain fun. That's the trick. We want your relationship not only to stay fun, but to grow with you as human beings, to grow, to change, to adapt to all the things that life brings us. Life can be very difficult, and we want that person to help us. If we want that, that needs to be in the contract. If we want to tell somebody, okay, if I get sick, you have the ability to leave me. 
because, you know, this is how I feel about it right now. I feel that I want you not to, you know, be by my side. Or you might have the opposite, where I want you by my side no matter what, and through the contract, that is bringing it through. So there is a great deal of things that we can put in the contract to make it feel very loving, very kind, very thoughtful. And it is not an easy thing to get out of because at that five-year mark, you or between the fourth and fifth year, you are going to be re-evaluating. You are going to be looking at what is going on in this relationship. Maybe you make it the next five years. Okay, now we're at a 10-year mark. A lot of marriages break up between seven and 10 years. And that's just because the way it goes. And when we look at that, we can go, okay, now we're going to reevaluate at maybe that seventh year before that five-year mark. If one of the partners is not happy, they have the right to leave this relationship, this partnership, and the other person knows this, you know, if you take and make that choice to leave that partnership, the other one has already put into writing what they can expect from you. In other words, whether it's benefits or whether it's money or whether it's a pet or how you're going to handle the children, it's in writing. It's down there. And so when you are able to make this uh, partnership, if you, if you need to, if you re-up it, wonderful. If you don't re-up it, then you have everything down to where you need it. It's a very um, difficult time for people when you're going to have a split. But remember, if the other person wants this, they also have to look at what are the consequences to my partner. So it's not easy. This is something where you could look then, you could have, if we, you could have it in your contract. If you can't, if you feel like you're not making it or there's a lot of problems, then you go and you can have mediation or you, or you can go and see counselors. So um, there's a lot of things that um, we need to talk about. I don't want to leave my guest out of this conversation. Uh, of course, I went off on this a little bit, but she's back with us. I'm sorry, Sarah. Come on back to the microphone. Why, thank you, Laurie J. I was like, I was enjoying listening to you. Um, I just wanted to add one thing you just reminded me of. You mentioned how having contracts and having discussed this ahead of time, you wrote out the consequences on the contract of what would happen in the event that you had to dissolve the whole situation, the relationship. And that's very important because so many people I meet have stayed in relationships, toxic ones even, because they were fearful of what would happen if they didn't. Whereas if they had a contract ahead of time that spelled out what the exact remedies would be in the event of a breakup, they wouldn't be as fearful and perhaps they wouldn't stay in those toxic relationships which were bad for their health. And perhaps they wouldn't be in relationships that were abusive and they put up with for decades even. I have friends that have done that too. And if they knew ahead of time what the consequences would be, they wouldn't live in fear of breaking up the relationship because they fear the unknown. Because it wouldn't be unknown. It would be written into the contract as a consequence of a dissolution. Wow, that's important. Thank you so much for saying that because that is an important part of the contract is that if you are in a relationship, which many are, where you feel or you're in fear of your life because the partner may have uh, gotten into something that makes them um, you know, abusive and we don't w ever, ever want abusive relationships or and there's no way you need to ever stay in an abusive relationship. And like Sarah was mentioning, the consequences for that would be in your contract. So when you go and you bring forth um, those needs of having to leave, 
It will be in there and it'll make it so much easier for everybody and not have to stay in relationships where you're absolutely starving for breath because it has become so harsh. And so, like we said, there's been fun in contracts. There can be harshness within it. But consequences, people, how important is that? If you want monogamy and your person, your partner is not monogamous, they know the consequences to that. It's written down. This is what will happen if you're not monogamous. And that person knew when they swore to that contract that that's what would happen. So, Sarah, are there a few words you'd like to say to our our listeners before we start our sign-off here? Well, first of all, Laurie J., I really want to thank you for having me on the show. It's been a very huge honor for me, and especially being such a new attorney at law. And um, I want to remind people that contracts can be fun. It can be a good platform to have open discussions with your significant other. It's always good to communicate. Extremely, extremely, I cannot overemphasize the importance of that. But especially when you pick a topic like contracts, I mean, it can be just, you know, your mind is the limit on how much you put in there and how much fun you have talking about what you want in there. And who knows, maybe in the writing of that contract, you just might deepen your relationship. Absolutely excellent on that. Absolutely. That happens. So remember that you can have a deeper relationship by doing contracts. How wonderful is that? And so I just want to tell you that next week we're going to have on a, a, an active um, New, New York detective that actually works out of Phoenix in California with some exciting stories of the gritty side of marriage. So I hope you'd come back and listen to that. I think you'll enjoy it. So I love having you come to my show every week. Thank you for that. And also to remember that we are all the perfect, imperfect piece of the perfect puzzle. Take care of each other, love each other, and know that you need to stand by each other because that's what this is all about. We are living within this beautiful love matrix, and hopefully we will all remember that as we go through our steps in life. Life is very important, and loving in life is very important. So let's not forget all those wonderful things that can be out there for all of us. And we are perfect, but we weren't made to be perfect. We were made to be that imperfect piece that fits with the other imperfect piece and makes a connection that could only be thought of as complete bliss And I want all my listeners to live in bliss. So be very kind to yourself. Take care of each other. And know that we here at our our wonderful Voice America do love you. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to Contract for Love. Be sure to join Lori J. next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll talk more next week.